1: hello i'm paul giamatti and i'm steven asma join us on the chinwag podcast every wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre they committed human sacrifice i did bring up human sacrifice yes <laughs> you sure <laughs> did that
0: just went I'm by fast
1: going to, to casually toss that out
0: i would like to have an alien a hatchet, young inside Holy shit really she saw world peace and i saw demons coming out of the wall.
2: I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got in trouble. (laughs) They wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming it's like
0: <laughs> follow us for free on apple podcasts and all major podcast platforms for more
1: information go to chinwagpod.fm
0: and find enlightenment through our instagram or tiktok at chinwagpod or on twitter at chinwag_pod. underscore pod
1: R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Do you question life? I found myself questioning life.
1: Somehow, it made me feel like I'm wasting time while being quarantined.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's 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 a negative like, feeling. This is
1: this is a time where you're supposed to waste time and fill time, and I felt like I'm wasting an hour and 24 minutes. Mm. At a certain point, we have to stop fighting with each other. We can't keep <laughs> doing this, guys. We can't keep attacking the other one with movie choices. We have to embrace. Well,
0: I, mean, I a feel camaraderie like camaraderie here. One, I feel like there's only one person who does that. <laughs> Like I would not say that is a universal trait of everybody on this Okay. Podcast. You're feeling like it's it's whom. I mean I'm not here to point fingers. I'm just saying <laughs> I, I, I would not paint the broad brush saying that we are attacking one another with our movie choices.
1: Okay. Cause it definitely feels like a mean is just picking movies he
0: likes. Right? I try like sometimes like so my next pick. I haven't picked it yet, but it's going to be a movie that I haven't seen before. So Ooh, not all the time, okay. But for the most part, I, I I try to mix in movies that I either enjoyed or I guess I guess my picks all have been movies that I have a bias towards, right?
1: Yeah, I think for the most part. And then I'm picking movies that I think will be fun. That's usually I'm like I think we'll have fun dissecting this movie. And then Maze, what are you doing on the wild card, baby? <laughs>
0: Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show, is isn't it? it? Isn't is it? it? It's is possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about.
1: Poppycock! The
0: fuck else? On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock!
1: What story? <laughs> what story? What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that.
0: You picked this motherfucker. So... <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable. Unremarkable. Shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were I offended? Was a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all (laughs) over.
1: Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love, or whatever Maze picks. I'm Zach Harper, that's Amin Al hassan that's Anthony Mays. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 2003 spoof comedy Scary Movie 3. I Amin, mean, what's your thoughts on spoofs and parodies?
0: Okay, once upon a time, it was a place of rich comedic value, right? Mm-hmm. Airplane. Airplane, yeah. I'm gonna get you sucker. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Naked Gun. Uh, Naked Gun. Don't Be a Menace to South Central. There's a long list of these movies that were very well done. They were movies that both had a very clear, coherent story and also made fun of popular movies that we all knew from those eras.
2: A lot of the movies you named were created by either David Zucker who directed this movie or the Wayans brothers who created
0: Scary Movie. Yes, yes, yes. That, that, that is not lost upon me. That is not lost upon me, any of that. And then the movie Scary Movie came out. Mm. And, I, and I remember going to go see Scary Movie in the theaters because I was excited. I said, the Wayans have a track record of making these Very nuanced parody movies. Like, Don't Be a Menace has a lot of silly jokes and, like, toilet humor. But it is a very smartly made movie, right? There's a lot of nuance in that movie. And so we were like, oh, my God, they're going to do the same thing to the horror genre. And we were so excited to go see it. And I watched it, and it had its moments where you laughed, like, in a vacuum. But overall, you're like, I got to admit, I don't think that was very good. It, it wasn't awful, but it just wasn't what we expected. And then from there, I don't know if it started with Scary Movie 2, or definitely by this one, they had already sold the rights to the characters and the and the franchise, and they weren't making these movies anymore. But that started an avalanche of just terribly done manic. No, not nothing has to make sense, quote unquote, parody movies, because we got someone who looks like Michael Jackson there and like, ah, uh, like it, it just it's just let's throw a bunch of stuff in there. And whether you want to talk about not another teen movie, whether you want to talk about vampires suck, whether you want to talk like there's a, a legion of these movies that are just terrible, but they were, I guess, cheap and easy to make because you don't have to pay for writers. I, I don't know.
1: I'm with you. Like, I, I love the older ones, and it I think the wrong way has got a hold of them. Right? I think Keenan, Damon. Too many. Too many. <laughs> Those guys know know what they're doing. Sean and Marlon, and I know they're not involved in this one, right? Like they, right. they kicked off this franchise. And when you dilute it down to Sean and Marlon doing this stuff, and you know how I feel about white chicks, when you can't even get them to come back to the franchise, it dilutes it even more. It gets a writer who has a history with this of like the great ones. But it's also a long time after he wrote a great one. And so you just get a mediocre attempt at this stuff, in in my opinion.
0: To be fair, the original scary movie was directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans, although okay. he did not have a writing credit or producing credit on it. He was just a director okay. that was written by Sean and Marlon, and then Buddy Johnson, Phil Bowman, Jason Freeberg, and Aaron Seltzer. Obviously, Don't Be a Menace was their big... Yeah. cinematic debut for, for Sean and Marlon right produced by Keenan Ivory Wayne so you may be onto something
1: there you go see so yeah I think Keenan's the true brains of it and then Damon's Damon's also a, a legend right yeah. um in this one scary movie three stars Anna Ferris Charlie Sheen Regina Hall we got Anthony Anderson we got Simon Rex they're nasty baby I gotta go
2: chain I'm on cocaine
0: Yo, man, what, 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 I rolled in, straight from Oakland, holding my dick like a U.S. Open, trophy, we're up to high feet, y'all don't know me, dirt nasty, ass cheeks spread wide, G-Strength, to the side, one drink, Carvassi two drink, vodka straight, three drink, I'm in the scent, throwing up on my brand new mint, coat. and I'm doing coke, y'all can't hold my donkey rope, no, call no. the pole. Away from me. Go Rolls voice with your lady I lived through the 80s And shit was crazy Everybody wanna know my name Bring the pain and what? pop the champagne what? Every girl wanna hold my chain When I fuck their brains out on the muckstack gold chain like going stop page
1: me Harris is coming off of Lost in Translation and she was gonna be in Brokeback Mountain two years later she was in the other scary movie films as well Charlie Sheen was coming off of Spin City and The Big Bounce he was just starting out with Two and a Half Men Ooh. And then Regina Hall was coming off Paid in Full and Malibu's Most Wanted. She'd be in King's Ransom next and had been in the other scary movies. We also get Kevin Hart, Denise Richards, Queen Latifah, Eddie Griffin, Leslie Nielsen, D.L. Hughley, Ja Rule, George Carlin, Master P, Method Man, Redman, Pamela Anderson, Jenny McCarthy, Jeremy Piven, Cameron Manheim, and Daryl
0: Hammond. So it's a deep cast. It's an incredibly deep cast. Lots
1: of cameo appearances. Lots yes. of cameos, yeah. Scary Movie 3 is directed by David Zucker, who you may know from directing Airplane, Naked Gun, Naked Gun 2 and a half, Basketball, and then eventually Scary Movie 4. It was written by Craig Mazin. Chernobyl! Craig wrote Scary Movie 4, Superhero Movie, Hangover 2, Hangover 3, yeah. and Identity Thief.
2: Fitting. That was one of the funniest things about Chernobyl to me was he was essentially a sequel script polisher. Right. And then he breaks through with this tremendous hit that's nothing like anything he's ever done. Right, yeah. And now he's Mr. HBO Podcast.
1: And then Pat Proft, who goes deep into the 70s, wrote uh, for the Carol Burnett Show, wrote the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978, Police Academy 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, Bachelor Party, Naked Gun, Naked Gun two and a half, Police Academy 6, Hot Hmm. Shots, Hot Shots Part 2,
0: Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo! Oh, wow. Scary Movie 4 and Scary Movie 5. Very up-and-down career for Mr. Yeah, Proc,
2: We should have known at the Star Wars Holiday Special. Come on. <laughs> how do you get a job after that?
0: But, hell, my Hot Shots and Hot Shots Deux Again, another great yeah, it was a parody great, movie. Right? And Charlie Sheen was in the, like... A lot of times when we have bad movies, I always say, how did this get greenlit? But I can see now, if you're in the studio, we're taking an idea from the Wayans, We're getting yeah. the director of Airplane and Naked Gun and the writers of Naked Gun, Police Academy movies, Hot Shots, like... How could you... And we have, like, fairly big-name actors in this. Yeah. How can we go wrong?
1: Well, they did. Synopsis for Scary Movie 3. Cindy must investigate mysterious crop circles and videotapes and help the president in preventing an alien invasion. We got some taglines here. The main tagline, great trilogies come in threes. Good good job. Reload for a third shot. Okay, no. You'll die to see these rings.
0: Mm, That's, yeah, I mean okay
1: this time it's personal you're warned
0: 2003 <laughs> <laughs> good job i like it
1: <laughs> that one you like
0: yeah i kind of do
1: okay uh and then the last one catch her if you can invading heavenly bodies soon
2: this was with a catch me if you can themed poster
1: yeah i'm sure yeah here's the thing 48 million million dollar estimated budget grossed 110 in the u.s 220 oh they kill. Worldwide. That's the one thing
0: about scary movies, they they make money. Yeah? They make money. Before we keep going,
1: you can find this movie, Scary Movie 3, on HBO Go. Scary Movie 3 receives 35% from critics on 131 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and 54% from the audience on over 808,000 ratings.
0: Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you want you want the positive or the negative reviews? I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Zach. So give me give me the positives.
1: All right, Scott von Doviac of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Zucker and Company keep such a frantic pace; the next laugh is never too far off.
0: Shut the fuck up! I'm looking for a first laugh, motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Oh, no, there were laughs, but not not at a frantic pace.
1: <laughs> Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly: A hit or miss affair, but the gags that connect really connect. Doesn't mean anything. Okay, but that's like if you say, uh, "I mean, if you like this movie, you'll like this movie." It doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that that's, puts that's everything the, on you. That's the that's the old uh, Joel Santana style. <laughs> like I'm gonna say a line, and then I'm gonna make it wrong by saying the same line.
1: <laughs> Teresa Wiltz of Washington Post. If you haven't been a
0: regular fixture at the
1: Multiplex or don't spend all your time in front of the tube surfing hip-hop videos on MTV2, then you're not in on the joke. And if you're not in on the joke, you might want to skip this one. What? Yeah, no, that, like That felt like a cop. I mean – What does she think 8 Mile is? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Ray of Philadelphia Inquirer, Scary Movie 3 is a veritable time capsule of this moment. kitsch, schlock, and bad taste, and it's funny
0: too. That's – Accurate up until the last couple of words.
1: Stephen Holden of New York Times. David Zucker still has the eye, ear, and metabolism of a hyperactive child weaned entirely on candy bars and educated by Mad Magazine.
0: That doesn't sound like a positive.
1: (laughs) I like it, though. (laughs) The negative reviews. Sheila Norman Culp of the Associated Press.
0: I wanted you to just stop stop at Sheila. (laughs) Just Sheila.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The first one was original. The second one was still funny, but the third installment is on autopilot. Is that an airplane reference? I think so. No author but BBC.com. The only thing more worn than the humor is a tired-looking Nielsen. Why is he getting shots?
0: Richard Roper.
1: He did look tired. (laughs) Richard Roper of uh, Ebert and Roper. This genre is pretty much dead. Moira McDonald of Seattle Times. It's last year's satire wearing this year's clothes.
0: Ah, very, very nice. (laughs) nice. Nicely done.
1: Roger Moore of the Orlando Sentinel plays like 80 minutes of Naked
0: Gun Rejects. Yes. Roger Moore is a as a favorite on this show. Yeah, he
1: comes way. back. I was upset no Brian Orndorff this time of whatever nine places he writes for. BrianOrndorff.com. <laughs> and Blu-ray.com and all kinds of shit. Bruce Westbrook of Houston Chronicle, despite one of the year's best trailers, this horror film spoof is as laugh-challenge as the woeful first sequel. I don't remember the trailer. Apparently it was yeah. great. And then two more, Michael Booth of the Denver Post. <laughs> if you don't think Mother Teresa commemorative bobbleheads are funny, this movie is definitely not for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd like, like to see what and you That's a
1: time capsule right there. Yeah. And then uh, Wesley Morris of the Boston Globe. The last 15 minutes of this movie feel as sleepy and uninspired as the last 30 of any recent episode of Saturday Night Live, but the movie has given up long before that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, life takes some strays here.
0: Yeah, and well they
2: should in 2003 too yeah 2003 right wasn't that kind of a good cast like like that was when Will Ferrell was going Amy Poehler Tina Fey Seth Meyers all them
0: little did they know
2: (laughs) yeah this is only gonna get worse Maze, why did you pick this movie I picked it because I went through all the movies on HBO and it was one of the two that I looked up and I was like huh I wonder if this qualifies and it did I've seen it more than Scary Movie 1 and 2 for whatever reason. Okay. Really? Probably because of when it came out. What was the
1: other movie under consideration? <laughs> I don't think how my last 24 hours would have been different.
2: The other
0: movie was Van Helsing. <sighs> oh. Which would have been worse. Van Helsing is, is what we're talking about. Like when oh. we There are bad movies that are movies. And then there's just a random collection of vignettes. that someone. I wrote.
1: was... So close to walking out on Van Helsing when I saw it in the theater. I saw it the in theaters, too. I was like, what the fuck? First 10 I, minutes are just like screaming banshees.
0: I take it back. I got Van Helsing confused with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> Does that how, how did that do, by the way? And <laughs> as you
2: know, Zach, I really wanted to do Vampire's Kiss, but the people couldn't rate it low enough for us. Oh, God. We need bots. <laughs> we need bots to lower that. Kiss. I thought about it. Oh, man. I thought, I legit thought about it. You know how many server farms are available right now in the
0: quarantine? (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter qualifies. Really? Put that on the list.
1: You guys like sex, right? Of course you do. If you like sex, you'll love bluechew.com. It offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom. You can get the first chewables with active ingredients sildenethyl, and tadalafil. I think I said those correctly, but you know, those are the active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis. BlueChew.com affiliated physicians will work with you. Find the dosage and active ingredient that is best for you. It works faster. The chewables work faster. Chewables from BlueChew can be taken on a full or empty stomach, so you don't have to plan out whether or not you're like, oh, I've got to make sure i got to eat an hour before this. No, forget all that. Pop that chewable and then pop something else. Online Physicians Consult is free So it's even cheaper than those other two things you can get. It only takes a few minutes to connect with BlueChew.com-affiliated physician. And if you qualify, you get prescribed online quickly. No in-person doctor visit, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at a pharmacy. Ships directly to your door in a discreet package. The chewables from BlueChew, they're made in the USA. They give you confidence in the bed every time you and your partner, more importantly, Will love it, chew it, and do it. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first order free when you use the promo code Ding. Just pay five dollars shipping. That's B L U E Chew.com. Promo code
0: Ding. The package delivered is discreet. The package you'll deliver isn't. I Amin, mean, what is your first note? Oh, actually, I didn't. I didn't. I put. Have you heard about that tape? It's. I don't have a fun witty note. This is a short. one.
1: Well, they didn't have a fun, witty movie, so that makes sense. We open up with a rainy night. Pam Anderson is in a bedroom with Jenny McCarthy watching TV, doing a crossword puzzle. Pam explains that TV hurts your head because of the magnetic waves in the air from televisions, and then they can't come up with the word moo for a crossword answer.
0: Because
1: their brain cells are gone. Right. They get worried that their silicone will be uh, shrunk by the magnetic TV waves. Pam mentioned something yeah. scary they can do, <laughs> a videotape. I'm already checked that, out, yeah, man. Uh, side.
0: Side. Phobe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jenny asks if it's the sex tape and then describes Pam and Tommy Lee's sex tape, to which she says no. They start a pillow fight. It turns into a
0: chair hit. You gotta, hold on. You kind of glossed over that. I, I, I thought I chuckled. Well, t- I chuckled and I thought of something. Like right, Because she said, oh, have you seen the tape? And... And Pam Anderson is referring to, obviously, The Ring, if you remember that movie. She's obviously describing that tape. And Jenny McCarthy then describes in detail Pam Anderson's actual real-life sex tape that she had with Tommy Lee. And so (laughs) I enjoyed the reference. And then I simultaneously thought, wait a second, how many people watching this today would get that reference?
1: Not the youth. Right. I guess now it would have to be turned into Kim Kardashian tape.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And even then, I don't know. know. Yeah, Matt, that might be too old at this point, right? Yeah. Also, Jenny McCarthy, anti vaxxer. Yep. I learned that about her and I can never shake that again.
2: Pam Anderson dating Julian Assange. Really?
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Is that legal? Can you date Julian Assange? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's legal. (laughs) I'm not a lawyer, but I think that's illegal.
0: It's uh, treason, right?
1: It's treason, <laughs> exactly. Pillow <laughs> fight, chair hits, you get a wedgie, phone rings. This is the problem. Is I, spoiler alert, I didn't laugh in this movie.
0: I won't I just lie. I laughed, I laughed a couple of. Um,
1: There's some funny bits, and I also never seen this one before. I've seen the first two, and I'd never seen one after that. Interesting, because I was just you were done. I was just done with the with the Wayans brothers. White well, chicks really took it out of me.
0: Uh, the white chicks was funny
1: to america's <laughs> so the phone rings it's pam's mom with a weird voice jenny goes to take a shower the fridge opens pam struggles to shut it she gets scared by toast and then walks upstairs there's water on the floor coming from the room and we find out that jenny is dead she's disfigured much like the victims in the ring and her head oh, falls off are you
0: okay are you okay was pretty funny no you didn't laugh when she asked are you okay okay
1: keep asking, right. keep asking me though throughout this podcast about at okay. a certain part <laughs> The videotape of the ring plays and we get title credits. Now we're 20 miles west of Washington, D.C. We have a farmhouse. Charlie Sheen is in bed. He hears a scream. He hits his head on the lamp and hears the scream and hits his head on the lamp again. Nah, He's peeing and hears a hears a scream and stops peeing and leans back and stops peeing and leans back multiple times before falling over. Then he goes outside trying to figure out where the scream's coming from. He gets dizzy, turning around in circles. And his brother George comes over, and says the dogs are acting strange. One dog is riding a tractor. The other couple dogs are smoking a
0: hookah. I chuckled at that. At the hookah, the hookah. Like it's like the dogs. Okay, dog on a thing. Okay, but then like watching dogs smoke hookah. I I don't know. I I laughed.
1: I'm also anti hookah at this point. I love hookah. You can. I know you do. I know you do. But I just. You know, I I just rather smoke weed.
0: Yeah, well, because you're a cultural appropriator, that's why.
1: Smoking weed is cultural appropriation? Oh, no.
0: no, smoking hookah is cultural appropriation. <laughs> and much like most cultural appropriation, when you're done with it, you throw it aside. and so, like. It was I've never
1: enjoyed high. it. No. I've done it like three times in my life. Last time was with you, actually, in San Francisco.
0: Oh, yeah. Years no. ago, in that's, the finals. That's, yeah, that's where Kevin Durant gets his hookah, by the way. Oh, okay. I, t- I took you to the best in San Francisco.
1: Still didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed the time and the company. Just no. don't, the hookah, like, I just would rather get high. It's, I don't need to smoke something that smells like blueberries.
0: <laughs> it smells like blueberries. Or That's whatever
1: nice. they do. You know, they have stupid flavors and shit. I don't need that. Just give me some weed.
0: All right, keep going, man. Damn. All right, keep they going. go into the cornfield. They hit their balls on corn. Zach doesn't like Cooper in case you hadn't picked up one
1: cookie. <laughs> 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 The screaming kid is found. They notice crop circles that point at them in the house, and it says, "Attack here!" This is parodying signs. Morning news in DC. Ross Giggins, played by Jeremy Piven, and Cindy Campbell, played by Anna Ferris, are discussing the crop circles. Her editor wants her to do an expose on strip clubs.
0: Oh. What? Now that dude. He's not that. He's a program director. He's not a program director. director, right? Tim Stack. Maze. Um. Well, actually, both of you guys are fans of obscure stuff. So, I haven't seen this dude since the '90s. That dude, and I'm like. Yo, that's Dick Dietrich. And I was like, yo, am I making up that name? And I Googled it. And sure enough, there was a TV show in the 90s called Nightstand with Dick Dietrich. And it was a spoof, a parody of the Jerry Springer show. But in the show, this dude played the Dick Dietrich, the, the host of the show, who had a unreasonable hatred and jealousy of Jerry Springer. Everything he did was always about, like, what is what is Springer doing? I haven't seen this show in, like, 25 years. It made me look it up, try and find it somewhere. It doesn't seem to exist anywhere on the internet other than I found the name and some screenshots. But if any of our listeners know where I can find Nightstand with Dick Dietrich, I'd really appreciate it. Because that dude is hilarious in real life. Oh, he's
1: great. Yeah, I I remember him from like – what was that show? Son of the Beach –
2: Yeah, I remember the commercials for Son of the Beach because it was a Baywatch parody and he's like the head lifeguard. He was on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. He plays himself in My
1: Name is Earl. He's on an episode of Seinfeld where George is getting glasses. He plays the optometrist. That's where I
0: remember Uh, from. That's right. He was.
1: The program director wants her to do an expose on strip clubs and she says she has a feeling about the crop circles. She makes the tired, maybe it's a feeling or a hunch or ESPN. So the ESP joke. She has her head on a microphone. They talk about things that people like.
2: People don't care about this. They want hard hitting stories and in-depth coverage and 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 twins. Ah! Ah!
0: of course commercial again how many people will get that reference now
2: well they got the real twins so yeah they got the real twins they've dust them out of retirement i liked it i liked their parody version of the song <laughs> all right sure that's when i wrote my
1: god this movie is a horrendous time capsule it's so time specific i don't think this would do well today
0: We're no, like not introducing
1: at all. it to a, to a new audience not right? at all
0: because, because because again like don't be a menace you could watch it and if you had watched the major, major huge blockbuster hood movies, you got ninety percent of the reference.
1: Right. right. Hot shots. Like if you've seen Top Gun. Top Gun. In, right? yeah, like
0: like they were parroting blockbuster events and this movie among and a lot of these newer parody movies are like parroting things that were just fads or you know, like no one goes back and watches old course light commercials again. Right. In order to be able to remember it. People go back and watch Boys in the Hood. You go back and watch Uh, top gun people don't go back and watch the course like commercial that ran at the 2003 super bowl right
1: (laughs) charlie sheen is now talking to a sheriff played by cameron manheim he has 60 days to come up with a dollar 50 or the bank will foreclose on his home
2: he also says he's paying rent which you wouldn't get foreclosed on like that's a mortgage i suspended
0: oh if you're going to have one realistic car you know that that's not how that works at all it would be i was really confused by the abundance of videotapes and landline phones in 2003 i thought that we were already past that but apparently
1: yeah we find out that he's no longer a minister and throughout the scene the sheriff's hat keeps getting bigger and bigger with each shot wow i didn't even notice (laughs) oh you didn't oh yeah Uh, i noticed that she had a huge hat when she was trying to get in the car Charlie Sheen is arguing with George about working on the tractor versus doing a hip hop show, a bus with the hood as the destination pulls up to which I wrote the note maze. I owe you an apology for hot rod because this clearly is the worst movie we've ever done.
0: I wrote that the the character is basically Twitter. (laughs) The way he talks, his relationship (laughs) with urban vernacular and hip hop or whatever is just Twitter. That's exactly every time you type but go off then as a kind of like, ooh, gotcha back on Twitter. Just think, remember, I'm thinking of you in that way.
2: You're taking a bus straight
1: to the Hood. Da yeah. Hood, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I feel you, fam. No, you're in your bag on this one. <laughs> <laughs> he is late to pick up her nephew from school. She runs into Brenda as the teacher, her friend from the previous movies. And the kid is drawing dead people after being told to draw family members.
0: Can I just say right now? Yeah. In true cynophobe tradition. Regina Hall and Anna Faris. Mwah. Love them both. Even after Anna Faris called the, the Dan Levitard show Zippy and the Juice.
1: <laughs> Which actually gave them
2: content. As much as we want to hate the Scary Movie franchise, it did give us Anna Faris and Regina Hall who have gone on to have great careers.
0: Had they both gone on to have great careers? Regina Hall's had a great career.
1: Anna Faris had a highly successful career.
0: What has she been in other than scary movie movies?
1: She's been in like TV shows that have done extremely well. House Bunny was a, a big hit. House Bunny did well. Just Friends H- House did. Bunny? Just Friends was a huge movie for her. Just,
0: oh, is that the one with Timberlake?
1: No, that's Friends with Benefits. Just oh. Friends is Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart. Okay. What By the, the way, Amy Smart. smart
0: oh.
1: uh-huh. Wow. Wow. She's on this TV show, Bomb, that's been on for like seven years. Oh, that's
0: right. That, that, that's a good show. Her and Allison Janney. I've never watched it, but I, I hear it's a very good show.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a network sitcom,
0: but that's a big check.
2: All right, where are we? He unleashes his awful rhyming after calling Crop oh, Circles, yeah. Cop Cycles, and 611 instead of 411. i be rapping, i be capping, i be tapping, i be flapping, i be happening. Ning. Ding, bing, wing. Yo!
0: No. Sounds good. <laughs>
2: Would, cut, should,
0: hut. Good, mug, dug, bug. Oh, if we say well, will come, will you shut your ass up? <laughs> Get it? He's so off.
1: Yeah, and then I uh, just write, none of these jokes are landing. He's doing a rap battle, invites him to the show, rhymes every word. He's the love interest here. The nephew is having a vision about a girl who wants to kill her, then said her, her period's going to start in three, two, one. He tells her that she's kneeling in dog shit. And she says that all they have is each other. We find out his mom is dead. And then she forgot him at school. She's driving him away from school, backs up, hits him with a car. He goes flying.
2: This kid is supposed to be like a hybrid of
1: Sixth Sense, right?
2: Of Sixth Sense and then also Minority Report
1: because he's predicting oh. people's futures. Oh, wow, yeah. I did not pick up on the Minority Report at all. This
2: kid is basically a ragdoll the whole movie. It's, yeah. They really go to the well yeah. a lot
1: with this child. yeah Well, speaking of that, he's drawing the ring well over and over. He
0: drew a flip book of the girl. Hold on. on. You guys think the segue is that he's talking about the ring well. I'm pointing out that Zach also squeezed in a well transitional word in there for a double segue, if you will. (laughs) Or if you will. Oh, there we go.
1: He drew a flip book of the girl with the hair doing a dance. Uh, he says that she talks to him and is coming
2: tonight. Daryl Hammond arrives to babysit his father Muldoon. Of course, they had to sneak in some pedophilia priest jokes for another time capsule.
0: God, I mean, that was big at the time. That was pretty big. It was huge. People will know. People will get that one, I guess, because we still think of priests as pedophiles now. So that one's not like as transient a moment in time as. The twins.
2: If they made that movie now, it'd be like Jeffrey Epstein or something, though. Yes, sure, sure. Father
1: Epstein. Now we're at the rap battle. Anthony Anderson is the Makai Pfeiffer future character from 8 Mile. He tells uh, the crowd to put their uh, guns on safety, shows them how to do it. George is going to be Eminem's character in the bathroom. We get vomiting humor where he pukes on some guy taking a shit in a stall. Yep. Uh, I don't like vomit humor. Particularly the projectile vomit. Yeah, it just never, it never hits for me. I just don't like it.
2: Brenda wants Cindy to hang out after the show. Regina Hall says she has a weird feeling like when you see an Asian person behind the wheel of a car.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that joke.
2: Then Kevin Hart comes in. He starts jumping on Nasty and humping him. Anthony Anderson says, 100, 200 whitey-hating chrome packing ready to bust a cap in any white boy's ass. who ain't bringing that shit. Waiting for him. And then there's this whole debate about the
0: semantics.
1: Shit. My aunt Shaniqua used to live over there, man. But that bitch got evicted, though. What? Yeah, That's what,
0: what for? Mice. Mice? I thought she
1: had rats. No,
2: like Rats are outside. Mice are inside. Yo,
1: but what if a mouse goes outside? Does it become a rat? And if a rat is in the house, is it a mouse? I ain't never seen no mouse outside. Though. That's what I'm
0: saying.
1: That's because it's a rat, fool. Dang. Yeah, Yo, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit.
2: You guys agree with that? Yeah,
0: because they talk about,
2: like... Yeah, you know, mice are inside.
0: Rat- rats are outside, for sure go from here to there. What's the field? Field mice. Field mice? Oh, wow. Wow. Field? Wow, okay. As opposed to house mice, that? You have to understand this type of thinking. And to understand this type of man, you must understand that historically, there were two types of slaves. The house negro and the field negro. Now, the house negro, he lived in the house next to his master in the big house, either in the basement or up in the attic. He dressed pretty good. He ate pretty good. What the master left him. He loved his master. I say he loved his master better than the master loved himself. If the master said, we got a nice house here, he said, yeah, boss, we got a nice house here. Master's house caught on fire, the house negro would be the one who'd run to put the blaze out. If the master got sick, he said, what's the matter, boss? We sick? We sick. You see, this is the thinking of the house negro. Now, if another slave came up to him and said, let's run away, let's separate, let's get away from this cruel master, he said,
1: why? What's better than what we got here? Run away. I'm not going anywhere. This is the house, Negro. I feel like I've been painted into a corner here that I do not know how to get out
0: of. (laughs) Ain't no segue from this one, boy. They shoot Simon Simon Cowell. Cowell.
1: They shoot Simon Cowell. Oh, what a reference. Time capsule. Kevin Hart is hype manning.
2: We got a lot of dap and hug jokes. Another ragdoll in this movie. Just a lot of
1: ragdoll jokes. George is going to be battling fat Joe. Be yes. Fat Joe. Fat
0: Joe crushes. There was a line there where he's like, I got to battle him. And Kevin Hart says, what do you think these people are here to see Fat Joe? And they're literally chanting Joe, Joe, Joe. <laughs> I laughed. All right. I laughed, I laughed at that one.
2: He's a farmer rapper, so you know he's been kicking the shit all
1: day. George throws out a bunch of white stereotypes in his rap. Crowd loves them as he's celebrating. He oh, puts you on
0: forgot. A... a time-honored Cinepole tradition. What? Fat Joe. Calls him (laughs) half-retarded. Oh. (laughs) And then says, he just said his favorite rapper's bad job. Yeah. He doubled Uh, down. Yeah, he doubled down big time. That's a huge trend in all of our podcasts. Why is that? Why is it
1: in every, why is the R word in every movie we do? What does that
0: say about us? Oh, I mean, it doesn't say anything about us. I mean, we didn't pick it specifically for that. I didn't know it was going to come up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd never seen the movie. Maze, what are you doing here? Doesn't it say
2: something about movies that are under 40%? What do all movies under
0: 40% have in common? Oh, they all got to drop an R word in there. <laughs> make sure you bleep out when I said half-retarded. Now right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to bleep it out again. <laughs> I just want to make sure. It's, we're clear on that. Wait, have you been bleeping it out?
1: No. Oh, no, then it stands. It's got to ride. You haven't believed him out before. got to keep him going.
0: You should have been like the
1: Black Eyed Peas and said, like, that he's half started.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's get half started.
1: <laughs> As George is celebrating, the crowd cheering him on, puts the hood on. It looks like a Klansman's hood. He's doing the the Hitler sign. The crowd goes silent. They grab him, throw him out of a window. Their are legs under a car out there. I don't know what that's supposed to be a reference to. That's just supposed to be an Easter egg.
2: I think that's just supposed to be the, the dummy. Okay. Giving us a peek behind the curtain. See how. See how.
1: Brilliant. (laughs) The sausage gets made. At Brenda's house, they're eating a comically sized ice cream container. Brenda says she saw frightening images, talks about the tape, watched it a week ago. Now her nose is bleeding. She's faked it. Fakes a seizure, even peed herself to really sell the seizure. And she's just fucking with Cindy this whole time. She fakes her hand being on fire. It's a fake hand. Then when she walks in the living room, the TV is doing weird stuff. She's calling out to Cindy, and Cindy doesn't believe her. Keeps turning back on, and eventually the girl from the well creeps out of the TV. Water comes out of the TV. Girl crawls out. Brenda's eating popcorn as the girl crawls out, and then Brenda punches her, and they start fighting. And Eventually, the the well girl kicks the shit out of her and kills her. Um, Cindy finds Brenda behind the couch and screams.
0: Yes
2: that happened regina has a line here another little white girl done fell down a well 50 black people get their ass uh, beat by police like, today hot. but the whole world gotta stop for one little whitey down a hole do we really think that Mason and Proft wrote this movie by themselves because there's a bunch of stories and there's like uncredited rewrites but
0: i think those dudes were white too i think some of the stuff also is like what do black people care about
2: so <laughs> it's it's tone deaf white people writing as black people
1: yeah. yeah, well, I think so because they're probably thinking, like, all right, what do black people care about? They care about police brutality, not getting enough coverage, and twins. George tells Charlie Sheen that the teacher's dead. He goes to tell the little girl, and he screams, She's dead, just like your dog. I just ran him over with the car when I
0: drove in. And then they both start screaming at the same time. And so- Yeah.
1: Now we get a flashback. Charlie's oh. talking to some dude in the truck.
2: Well, it's a Jane and I do from Office
0: Space and he's playing M. Night Shyamalan's role in Signs. Exactly.
2: Oh,
1: I did not pick up on that.
0: Oh, for real? Oh, that I was did,
2: yeah. If I hadn't fallen asleep while driving for that exact 20 minutes, if I hadn't drank that entire exact whole bottle of Jägermeister, if only I hadn't killed that hooker. But that wasn't even that night.
0: <laughs> I I laughed at all that. I did because I remember Signs, and that's, it just made me laugh. I don't know. And then in the scene thereafter... As he's walking to the to the crime scene, to the to the crash scene, dude's on the ground and says, Hey Tom, I'm gonna need a ride home right
1: <laughs> I don't think I saw signs until like ten years after it was out. Oh, for real? Yeah, it like it was it had definitely been years and years and years.
0: The only M. Night Shyamalan movie I actually enjoyed. Alright, so we
1: get the flashback to Charlie Sheen, that terrible night they referenced. Uh, sheriff's are all on the road. Sheen's wife was hit by a truck and is pinned against a tree. If the truck gets moved, then she'll die because it's cut her in half, essentially. To which then Sheriff is trying to explain to Charlie how she's cut in half, and there's just a lot of food jokes.
2: I don't understand all this fancy medical lingo.
1: Yeah, I don't understand how this made the final script. He wants to spend a few minutes with the bottom half. So then it, we find it's Denise Richards who uh, they were actually married at the time.
2: It's kind of a John Travolta, Kelly Preston visiting the set type situation,
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. They kiss when they done, when they've done kissing. He pulls a spark plug out of his mouth. She makes him promise not to remarry and says no sex. And then he pretends not to understand what she's saying.
0: As a reverend, once you've agreed to not remarry, doesn't that mean you're not going to? I don't know. What am I doing?
1: What are you doing? <laughs>
0: But he's acting very beholden to her last word. Like, it's not a curse, my man. Like, you could say, okay, and then go, like, fuck the cop right afterward.
1: Sure. Now we're at Brenda's funeral. The nephew is telling the future of all these people, says your child's going to be an asshole to this pregnant lady, says smoke all you want to this guy smoking, you're going to get hit by a bus. Tells this guy that toupee's not fooling anyone. George shows up with the little girl. There's chaos from George thinking when Cindy says it's awake that she meant that Brenda isn't dead. She's awake. And Anthony Anderson shows up, there's punching people, they're doing CPR on the body. Anthony
2: Anderson punches an old lady and then seems to consider it for a second, but then shrugs it off and keeps going.
1: And then eventually we have some split wires from George. He tries to give her a little electric shock to get back to life, blows up the body and then they forgot to
0: point out. out Denise Richard's dying was more realistic than Jack Nicholson into the party. <laughs> <laughs> better acting so
1: here's what i wrote i feel like this may create a divide here now it feels like an unnecessary shot but i wrote this is going on for a long time this scene i have a feeling Amin's means gonna defend this movie whoa yeah
0: why would i defend this movie
1: i didn't know where you stood on the scary movie movies well, you I, like yeah, white chicks
0: but like but white chicks had have- funny jokes like it may not have been a good movie but like they had jokes that were
1: well you've already said you're laughing at certain things here and there well but not that many like this
2: movie has an insane number of joke attempts per minute but the very low they're all low 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 level jokes right so i laughed a few times but it's it's like james harden out there
0: no 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 it's not like james harden out there it's like bob Cousy out there That's a a joke that you'll only get if you listen to No Look Pass on Sirius XM NBA from, I don't even know what time we come on. I
1: think we're on an 8 a.m. in the morning on the Pacific Time Zones. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) We've been shitting on Bob Cousy for like a week.
0: Oh, it was terrible, man.
1: It was. Every time we look up an old game, he was like 6 for 20.
0: No, 6 for 20. That would be a high water mark.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's Mel Hutchins. (laughs) Bill <laughs> Hutchinson's also catching strays like, out
0: here three for 25 like yeah. routinely i don't know why is he shooting that much
1: now cindy goes upstairs to look around she sees the tape she takes it she goes home and puts it in the vcr it goes through a bunch of supposedly funny creepy images but none of them are funny
2: i thought it was just parodying the real ring video phone rang she'll die in seven days there's also a can you hear me now verizon commercial oh, right
1: yeah i forgot about that jesus
2: Verizon and Coors Light. (laughs) To be fair, that guy's still doing that shit for Sprint, isn't he? They brought him back. They brought him out of cold storage and he switched teams. So good for that guy.
1: Anthony Anderson is trying to get George to battle again. Kevin Hart is hitting people with paint as they drive by, (laughs) parodying that uh, scene from 8 Mile.
2: Anthony Anderson is also fucking
1: Kevin Hart's sister. Cindy calls George. They all go to her place. Anthony and Kevin argue about the term waking up dead.
2: How the hell do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. Wait, just tell me who can you
1: telling me, me that
0: you can go to bed dead and wake up alive? You can't go to bed dead, man. That shit would be redundant. You just tell me. No, who? wouldn't, cause you can go to bed and not be dead, and you can die but not be in a bed.
1: But you are in a bed, man. That's how you wake up dead in the first place, fool. Damn, that's
0: some quantum shit right there, man. There have been more graceful attempts at making that joke.
1: Kevin says his aunt can help her. George is going to watch the creepy nephew. He accidentally hurts the kid a few times while saying he can take care of him. Cindy goes to the aunt's place. It's Queen Latifah playing the Oracle from uh, the matrix. Eddie Griffin is there as Orpheus. This was my favorite scene. Was it? He kind of talks to her a little bit, interrupts him and then won't leave them alone. Says he's going to watch the game to which Queen Latifah spoils. It and says Lakers will win by 12 and he just drops the remote.
0: Um, now they're they, all going to watch. They ready for a pandemic apparently. <laughs>
1: They're all going to watch the tape. She says it's connected to the crop circles. They're going to find the lighthouse in the video. Then she grabs a fly off the screen. Queen Latifah hits it with a fly swatter. It hurts the lady inside the video. Then they start fighting through the TV. And
0: Eddie Griffin yells, you came through the wrong TV. What you going to brush now, huh? Uh, She snatches her hair.
1: Cindy comes home and George is coming too. Turns out he knocked himself out while playing Yahtzee. When they go into the room, the nephew has watched the tape. The phone rings. She won't give Cody, who's the nephew, the phone.
0: He says, hey, Cindy, how's it going? He's like, I'm okay. And then he says, hey, I look forward to seeing you. Six days. i like, yeah. Hey, can I talk to Cody, please? I'm like, oh, uh, he's not here. It's like, oh, come on. It's like he didn't, watch the, he, he didn't watch the tape. To which the voice says, come on, I do this for a living. I laughed at that.
2: Then it calls back, pretends to be Reader's Digest, take a message she writes down screams messages seven days
0: sheen walks
1: in on his daughter being creepy at night it's parenting the others with nicole kidman and we pulls the the veil off the child when she says i'm not your daughter he says yes you are it's michael jackson tries to fight michael jackson michael jackson impersonate not the real one does a yeah. dance fight yeah, the real um, one sued
0: them tried to sue them over this by the way
1: oh really oh, i didn't know that
0: yeah okay. because because they portrayed him as a Child molester, and also because of the nose thing. Like, if someone falsely accused me of being a child molester, I'd be—I don't think I'd have time. to... I also they made fun of my nose. <laughs> I, just, right. I don't think that would be on the menu of things I would be complaining about.
1: Right. So then he holds him out the window, says, "How do you like it?" Referencing when he held his kid out like The Lion King blanket. And then we find out it was just an alien in an MJ suit or something. I don't know. Escapes to the cornfield. How do you guys feels today? Let me tell you, feels is a better way to be. Our premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It reduces anxiety. It reduces pain. It reduces sleeplessness. Feels naturally helps reduce stress. Anxiety, pain, sleeplessness places a few drops under your tongue, and feel the difference within minutes. Are you new to CBD? Well, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the experience. Me, personally, had a couple of restless nights during this whole pandemic. Wasn't sleeping great. Did a couple of feels uh, the next day. Boom. Out like a light that night. You know, get a little joint pain because I'm getting up there in age. A little feel CBD under the tongue. Boom. Joint pain gone. Greatly reduced, it's so easy to use, it's so good for you, it's just the better way to do your life right now. It will naturally help you feel better. And there's no high, there's no hangover, there's no addiction. You can join the feels community, get the feels delivered to your door every single month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time, become a member and get 50% off your first order. 50% 50% off. It has me feeling my very best every day and it helped you too. 50% off your first order with free shipping by going to feels.com slash ding. That's F E A L S dot com slash ding. Become a member. 50% off. Taken automatically off your first order with the free shipping. That's feels.com slash ding. Cindy messes with the teleprompter back at the news station to get Jeremy Piven to talk about the evil tape. Then the station manager tries to get it back and starts typing other things and she types again then the janitor's trying to break up their fight and then he's sitting on the keyboard and jeremy Piven's just saying nonsense and then the janitor takes control i've
0: been cleaning after this dumbass cracker giggins for 10 years but i've been hitting it with his woman for 12 know what i'm saying nigga she likes her some chocolate sharpton for president y'all i'm here. i
2: love this this is a parody of bruce
0: almighty did it better I don't think but, it was a parody of that scene. I think when, when you do something that was already in a comedy and for comedic effect, that's called stealing the joke. That's not called a parody. <laughs> that's like the people uh, on Twitter are like, oh, we'll throw a parody account, and then you just tweet your own stuff. Like, that's not a parody. It's not a parody, you right. just stole it, his name.
1: Leslie Nielsen is the president. Aliens exist, and he accidentally ate one for Thanksgiving. Ja Rule is a Secret Service agent. D.L. Hughley is his advisor.
0: gloss over the Ja Rule. I was stunned. (laughs) Stunned? Stunned to see Ja Rule. I know this movie is one large time capsule, but seeing Ja Rule—
1: I guess especially now, yeah.
0: it's so prominently featured. I was stunned by this. Also, by the way, forgot to mention, uh, my man Dick Dietrich had the line, we know—what do we do stories about? She says, sex, violence, and the weather. And he says, all right, so I want you to get on this story— porn star shot dead during hurricane.
2: Then meanwhile in a tornado in Charleston threatens a clothing optional beach where just yesterday a naked couple was
1: brutally murdered. Cindy is researching the lighthouse and we get pop-up bad jokes. Then she goes to the lighthouse alone. She opens the door and it's a bright light. Now we get the architect from the matrix spoof and it's George Carlin as the architect. And we got Again, some Jeopardy playing. Shocked the hell out of me. Yeah, I was shocked to see George Carlin. Uh,
0: when did he die? Was this the last <laughs> thing he shit. did? And if so, was that like one of his deathbed regrets? Had to have been, right? By the way, he plays the lecherous architect.
1: Right. Yes, very much so. He died in 2008. So this didn't quite kill him.
2: Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Scary Movie 3, Jersey Girl, and then the voice Oof. in Cars. Oh, you're, there you re- go. Re-bounding,
1: you're rebounding with
0: Cars.
2: There
0: you go. Yeah. Leave him, always leave him
1: wanting more. And he's the narrator in Thomas and Friends. Is he? Yeah.
0: I never noticed that. Oh, guys! I'm sorry. I, I have kids. I've watched Thomas and Fred They're two four. They're six and eight. Hauling Clinton, Hauling Freight. Brown and green and red and blue. They're the really useful crew. No? Okay.
2: I, don't, I don't have kids. We never know when you're going to stop singing. I mean, you could just keep
1: going <laughs> bar after bar.
0: Thomas and his friends. It is him. It not. feels
1: like Thomas is kind of a bitch.
0: <laughs> oh he gets hoed out by all the other <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's <laughs> just very submissive right like he just kind of like goes with the flow no matter what like man you gotta be a leader he's on a train track how's he supposed to go off course
0: some of them trains do their own thing though there's yeah you could tell by their faces They're like, they mean business and Tom there's
1: is an like angry people? train for sure yeah. right
0: who's yeah. the angry one I thought you said you didn't watch this I've seen the pictures I've seen pictures. What kind of weirdo looks at pictures?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who Googles Thomas
0: the Tank Engine in their spare
1: time? (laughs) You jack off how you want to jack off. I'll do it how I want to, all right? (laughs) We find out the architect and his wife adopted the evil girl, and then the wife drowned the girl for being bad, to which he says, I thought that was a little harsh. We get a Pootie Tang joke. We have multiple Pootie Tang. A, a
0: lot of a lot of side of Pootie Tang, which is an excellent film, or maybe it's a future cinephobe submission. I don't know. Pootie Tang, twenty-seven percent. Twenty-seven percent. It came up. It definitely came up. when Pootie Tang came out. It was roundly. Again, you guys don't remember this shit because I'm a little older than you. I went to the theater to watch Pootie Tang when there were like three people in the theater on opening night. It was a massive bomb, and everybody hated it. I thought it was funny though. Two Americas. Even the black people I went to the movies with. Oh, no, they didn't like it either? <laughs> nobody liked Foodie Tank. I'm telling you. It, like, it took a while for the world to catch up to that the brilliance. Wow, of
1: that this really did bomb.
2: Directed by Louis C.K. Yeah,
1: yeah. written by yeah. Louis C.K. Wr- directed by Louis C.K. Charlie Sheen and George are watching the news. We get alien reports. Then the president and Ja Rule think aliens could have taken human form as they're about to do like some award ceremony – There's a voice box joke to which then it causes a fight to break out. They're punching everybody. They're punching children. They're punching disabled people, people in crutches and everything.
2: The award is a Mother Teresa bobblehead. And then there's a huge portrait of Mother Teresa that Ja Rule shoots a shotgun to create an escape
1: through. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen says, Jerry's kids, my ass. There's another dated reference. Goodness. Cindy is looking for Cody now. The news plays the evil tape because uh, they had it exclusively. Cindy shows up to George and Charlie Sheen's farmhouse. Cody is there. We get a long story from uh, Cindy about how Cody's mom died. Just kept going and Cody's birth. My next note is I stopped
0: taking notes. And then my next note yeah. is there
1: is no point. And then my next note is the president showed up.
0: My last note was job rule exclamation point. So. <laughs>
1: The aliens show up. Now a bunch of luxury cars come up there with Kevin Hart, Master P, RZA, bunch, you got okay, so, it, Method Man, Red Man, Macy Gray. Macy Gray for some
2: reason.
0: <laughs> Macy Gray. Yeah, I was looking at that and I was like, OK, like let's hold on for a second here. Because every single person there is actually, in retrospect, an iconic hip-hop fake. And then there's Macy Gray.
2: Time Capsule. Still coasting off that
0: 1999 song. Macy Gray, like, I just never understood her career. Never understood when it happened. Never understood looking back. Like I want someone to sing who can't sing, who's got a horrible voice. And then I, I'm going to shoehorn her in with all these people who have hit after hit after hit. Like, I would be offended if I was one of those other people.
1: Who do you think didn't show up?
2: Mary J. Blige. There's also a very Mr. I thought it was maybe a Mr. Magoo deleted scene when Leslie Nielsen drives up and runs over the two aliens. He's acting like he's blind again. And he says he doesn't want to go through insurance and throws 40 bucks on the
1: alien's body.
0: That's funnier than I remember it happening.
1: I mean, he did right, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> he still had that one yeah, in the, the one chamber. Left in the chamber? Yeah. They get into an argument about oh, stepping on, I think, Red Man's shoes, and they all shoot each other. Macy Gray shoots a bazooka. Master P
2: yells, You want some biscuits? And then Leslie Nielsen says, These men died for their country.
1: Send flowers to their bitches and hosts. Now the aliens sneak up behind them. They grab them and start choking them. They fight back. Anthony Anderson knocks the alien head off one of the aliens. That's their weakness. They're just there to kill uh, the evil girl from the tape because they tried to watch Pootie Tang on satellite and the tape got picked up instead. We also find out that their greetings are the choke from behind and their goodbyes are being kicked in the nuts.
2: And they pee out their fingers and so does Leslie
1: Nielsen for some reason. Cindy frees the evil girl. The girl has a chainsaw. She knocks herself out then she comes to, she grabs Cody, Cindy says she doesn't have to be evil, she's no longer evil because they're going to become a family, then she goes back to being evil, and that's when the president walks in, opens a door and knocks her back into the well. Surely that's an airplane reference. It like, is Don't an airplane. Don't call reference. me Shirley.
0: Don't call me Shirley.
1: They cover up the well, the alien walks in, kicks him in the nuts to say goodbye, George and Cindy get married, the president catches the bouquet. They forgot Cody once again, they back up and almost hit him but stop. And then he gets smoked by another car from the side. Roll credits. Cool
2: 75 minutes, but somehow nine and a half
1: minutes of credits. Yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah. So I like, I kind of fast forwarded through trying to see like, all right, there's got to be another scene.
2: Gags or blooper reel in the credits. Or I feel like they did that for the other scary
1: movies. Whole well, fucking things a
0: blooper reel. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of surprised
1: about that. So at one point, Kevin Smith was attached to write the script.
0: Was he too uh, busy basically. making clerks too?
1: Anthony Anderson's character turned out so popular in test screenings that additional scenes for him were quickly written and shot while the film was already in post-production. Nice. And then Simon Cowell has since regretted making an appearance in the movie. He admitted that he was embarrassed to see himself on film. He gave himself a
2: terrible review. Yeah, no, he good
0: did. Job. On brand.
2: Anna Ferris's car was the first Toyota Prius to appear in a major motion picture.
0: Oh, that was a Prius?
2: Which is insane that it's this movie.
0: Wow. It didn't look like a Prius. It looked like a Tercel or something. It looked like a regular car, not like a hatchback.
2: And then there was an alternate ending where Cindy is told Cody does not exist. After hitting a few people in the face with a shovel, Cindy asks everybody who's not real to stand over at a different spot. Cody goes over there, but is followed by Santa Claus. The aliens then begin to invade, but George stops them by transforming into the Hulk President Harris tries to hulk out, but ends up soiling his pants. Cindy enters the Logan House, where she is attacked by Tabitha. She's teleported away to Aunt Shaniqua, who teaches her how to defeat Tabitha. Cindy must then confront hundreds of Tabithas. She wins the battle by performing the moves from the Matrix, teleports back to the Logan House. Cass then gets into a car with the president, but are horrified to learn that the driver happens to be M. Night Shyamalan.
0: Actually M. Night Shyamalan? actually oh man i, I kind of like that off ending
2: sounded like it might have been too expensive
0: <laughs> that would have added like 20 minutes to this movie
2: golden dumpster nominees leslie nielsen anthony anderson kevin hart eddie griffin george carlin craig mazin jeremy piven or ajay naidu fake M. Night chamalon
1: this whole fucking movie's a dumpster i'm gonna go with ja rule
0: <laughs> just like seeing ja rule really staggered me i'm like what
1: is this a good thing or a bad thing i never remember
0: We've never, we've never defined it.
1: You hated this, so
2: what was the worst part?
1: I mean, it's... it's
0: no, scary Movie 3.
1: <laughs> That's
2: got a whole
1: fucking movie for me. really didn't like the kid.
2: Cody, how does he stack up against some of our other child actors in the past? I mean, the kid from Problem Child's the worst. Like, no, come no, on, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, That dude, dude's not bad. The kid from uh,
1: from Problem Child? Yeah. He never acted again.
0: Yes, he did. <laughs>
1: hey, problem about Problem Child 2? And Problem Child 3. Did he make three? He made three Problem Childs. No, but did he make it? What's his What's his dumbass name? What's his talentless hack? Michael Oliver. What is this piece of shit done?
2: I think the kid from Theodore Rex was the worst, but oh, the kid from yeah. Primal is also in the bottom three.
1: Oh, that, oh, I forgot about that kid. That's a future callback. Oh, fuck that kid. I hate that kid, too. No, still Problem Child kid. And he wasn't in Problem Child 3.
0: He, he was, was in not? Problem
1: Child, he was in an episode of a TV series called Amen.
2: That's when they let it be a black kid, like American Ninja. <laughs> Problem Child? But he was back for Problem Child 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kid
1: hasn't done shit since 1995. He's the worst. <laughs> so Problem Child's the worst kid. The kid from Primal's second. The
2: kid from Theodore Rex.
1: Yeah, he'd be third, Dane Cook fourth, and then this kid fifth.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm going to give my golden dumpster to Eddie Griffin. He should have gotten more time. He's certainly one of the funniest people in that movie. He had like four lines,
1: and I kind of chuckled at all of them. So I didn't laugh at it, but I thought the Lakers will win by 12 part was clever. And his reaction. His reaction was the closest thing I came to laughing in this movie
2: damn Wait, why are you mad at this he also had the line i can't shit about women i ain't slept with yet i uh, mean how are you upset with this
0: i'm being a little unfair here i feel like i'm being very fair all right Tom, uh, want me to ride home was a was a great line that was hilarious yeah, i mean that was a funny line after killing his wife yeah <laughs> want me to ride home <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny line, man.
1: so since we don't have a tony medley i did just come across something his review of Fahrenheit
0: 9-11. Oh,
1: boom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just happened to stumble across well, it. I, scro- I was scrolling through <laughs> movies from
1: 2004 and I saw like, it. Hello. <laughs> Anybody who goes to a Michael Moore movie for facts is Whistling Dixie.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice <Christmas. laughs>
1: That leaves the question, then, as to why anyone would go to a Michael Moore movie, especially this Michael Moore movie. Well, that's pretty easy to answer. Anyone who hates President Bush will go to this Michael Moore movie and will be rewarded because it's full of biased, highly edited nonsense. It starts out showing Gore winning the election, alleging Florida blacks were disenfranchised, and then blames Fox News for Bush actually winning. It ignores all the subsequent data compiled in large part by Florida newspapers that show that Bush really did win Florida. Oh, well. Then it cuts to President Bush and administration members being in makeup for television appearances, leaving you to draw the conclusion that everything they say is just for show. It also castigates President Bush for holding his cool before the grammar school children while being told of the 9-11 attack. I thought this showed what Hemingway would call grace under pressure, but more cast aspersions at it. There is one hilarious segment in the middle about a small town in Virginia that Homeland Security thought was targeted for a terrorist attack. I was rolling in the aisles laughing at that. Basically... Basically, this is a diatribe against President Bush and his family that goes on and on and on, seemingly ad infinitum. I guess it would be too much to hope that an egotist like... Moore would actually be able to cut something he shot and make a 90 minute movie it's too bad that Moore is such a bigot because the first president bush is definitely deserving of criticism for a lot of the things he did like killing the reagan revolution by firing all the reagan people as soon as he took office raising taxes after promising he wouldn't remember read my lips snatching defeat from the jaws of victory in desert storm running a foolish campaign for re-election etc etc Instead of building a dispassionate case, <laughs> all Moore, like, like you just did, <laughs> all more does is concentrate on establishing the alleged Bush-Saudi connection in order to prove a dubious premise that the Bush family was more interested in protecting the House of Saud and the profits it allegedly makes from the Saudis than it was protecting America. Anyone interested in a factual breakdown of Moore's perfidious treatment of the truth should read the article by Christopher Hitchens, Hardly a Friend of the Right here's a very short snippet of what he has to say (laughs) to describe this film as dishonest and demagogic would also be to promote those terms to the level of respectability to describe this film as a piece of crap would be to run the risk of a discourse that would never again rise above excremental to describe it as an exercise in facile crowd-pleasing would be too obvious fahrenheit 9-11 is a sinister exercise in moral frivolity crudely disguised as an exercise in seriousness. It is also a spectacle of abject political cowardice, masking itself as a demonstration of dissenting bravery. Hitchens entire article entitled "Unfahrenheit Fahrenheit 9-11, mm-hmm. the lies of Michael Moore may be read at this movie fails on every level. Its point of view is irrelevant. Any similar film on the other side of the political spectrum would be equally repugnant. It is a dishonest, cruel, devious piece of invective, this vituperative film is comparable to the mendacious films God, this really, really thrown up the, the here. <laughs> produced by totalitarian Nazi and communist regimes whose sole aim was to promote their contemptible ideologies and should be roundly condemned. Since Moore's reputation as one who plays fast and loose with facts, there doesn't seem to be any reason to see this movie unless you just love to hate President Bush. You won't learn much from it, and you probably will fall asleep at the end, where it drags so perfectly.
2: Damn, Tony Melly really busted out the vocabulary, huh? He did, man. One out of it, ten.
0: You know what I feel like? I feel like this was—he thought this was his shot at the big time. And yeah, I think nobody so. cares about my Born Identity reviews, but this one, this, this one might actually get me somewhere. <laughs> so he called up a young Ethan Strauss and said, <laughs> "I said, write this kid. I'm trying to read Ethan's book right now, and the, like that intro, I'm like, Ethan, <laughs> do you want people to read the book?" <laughs>
1: Just so you know, he gave Fifty First Dates a nine out of ten.
0: <laughs> what Fifty First Dates, the one with the uh, with Drew uh, Barrymore? I mean, Bulbar file. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm a big fan of parody movies uh, done well, and this movie was not done well, unfortunately. I wonder if. You had suggested this movie, Zach, would I have received it with a little bit more open-mindedness? Wow. <laughs> Alas, we'll never know. That's a huge <laughs> Oh,
1: man. Maze, defend your movie. full file.
2: So I equate this to an NBA team from 2003 that now, with the proper analytics on efficiency of jokes, it just doesn't hold up. There's some funny parts, but... It's lost amongst the number of misfires and the repeated physical comedy gags and just beating the shit out of Cody and everybody getting hit in the nuts repeatedly. They did it too much. It is a phobe. Yeah,
1: we can sweep that one. Fuck this movie. It's a phobe.
2: (laughs) I don't even need to give a
1: reason, right? Like, stop taking notes. You called it before we started. (laughs) uh be sure to check out cinephobe on mad dog sports radio where we're doing uh sports movies that are both good and bad
0: i thought we were just doing cinephobe but sports sports edition i didn't know that we were like well draft day didn't qualify oh it didn't oh wow oh you could have pulled me uh
1: <laughs> so you check that out on mad dog sports radio uh friday nights i think it's at like nine pacific time midnight eastern or something like that somewhere in that range also, subscribe to uh, this podcast. Leave a five-star review. I know it's all in the same CTD feed, but uh mentioned that you like Cinephobe in the review. Leave a five-star review. You can always join the Discord by joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash countthedings. You can get in on the chats in there and suggest movies. Maze and I are in there quite a bit, so you can uh, interact with us on that. Buy Ethan's book
0: that you won't be able to read. <laughs> promote you that? A, you need a dictionary. Yeah, buy Ethan's book and buy a dictionary.
2: Yeah, get a twofer right there. Is that what's recommended when you buy Ethan's book? Underneath <laughs> is a dictionary and a thesaurus. I think that's all we got. Thanks
1: for listening to CinePhone.
0: Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.